Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Monday, August 5th, 2019. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, Cloudflare stops doing business with 8chan. Two big new smartwatch releases, why The Athletic believes people will pay for sports news, the 22-year-old founder of the newest unicorn in the land, and why used electric vehicles might signal EVs are entering the mainstream. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Cloudflare says it will stop providing the site 8chan with services. This after the tragic El Paso incident this weekend became the third mass shooting announced on 8chan. At the time of this writing, the 8chan site was unreachable, but as we explained last week, Cloudflare is not actually hosting 8chan. Cloudflare is merely a content delivery network providing various caching and DDoS protection services. This does not mean that the 8chan site is gone, especially as its registrar, 2Cows, says it has no plans to ban the site. Cloudflare initially said that it, too, would not ban 8chan before changing its mind late last night. Here's how Matthew Prince, the CEO of Cloudflare, explained his change of heart. Quote, 8chan is among the more than 19 million internet properties that use Cloudflare's service. We just sent notice that we are terminating 8chan as a customer effective at midnight tonight Pacific time. The rationale is simple. They have proven themselves to be lawless, and that lawlessness has caused multiple tragic deaths. Even if 8chan may not have violated the letter of the law in refusing to moderate their hate-filled community, they have created an environment that revels in violating its spirit. We do not take this decision lightly. Cloudflare is a network provider. In pursuit of our goal of helping build a better internet, we've considered it important to provide our security services broadly to make sure as many users as possible are secure and thereby making cyber attacks less attractive, regardless of the content of those websites. Many of our customers run platforms of their own on top of our network. If our policies are more conservative than theirs, it effectively undercuts their ability to run their services and set their own policies. We reluctantly tolerate content that we find reprehensible, but we draw the line at platforms that have demonstrated they directly inspire tragic events and are lawless by design. 8chan has crossed that line. It will therefore no longer be allowed to use our services, end quote. Cloudflare actually has previous history terminating service for controversial sites, but it really doesn't want to have this history, quoting The Guardian. Cloudflare has long taken the position that it should be neutral towards content in providing its services since it does not host content itself. But in 2017, shortly after the deadly Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, the company's chief executive officer, Matthew Prince, stopped providing DDoS protection to the extremist neo-Nazi hate site, The Daily Stormer. The site was subsequently forced off the open internet and onto the so-called dark web, areas of the internet that cannot be accessed with a normal web browser. It has since returned to the regular internet. At the time, Prince expressed deep ambivalence about his decision, telling employees in an email, quote, This was an arbitrary decision. 
I woke up this morning in a bad mood and decided to kick them off the internet, end quote. He subsequently told The Guardian, quote, I am deeply uncomfortable with the decision we made. It doesn't align with our principles, end quote. And that is part of the conversation around this. It's unlikely that 8chan will be completely deplatformed. Like the Stormer, it will likely, maybe already has, find other companies willing to do business with it. And several people made this point this morning, perhaps most eloquently Ryan Broderick in BuzzFeed News. Even if 8chan were to vanish, its users would likely just flock to some other copycat site. Indeed, 8chan itself rose to prominence when users flocked there from 4chan. Quoting Broderick, In 2019, 8chan is no longer a refuge for extremist hate. It is a window opening onto a much broader landscape of racism, radicalization, and terrorism. Shutting down the site is unlikely to eradicate this new extremist culture because 8chan is anywhere. Pull the plug, it will appear somewhere else, in whatever locale will host it. Because there's nothing particularly special about 8chan. There are no content algorithms. Hosting technology is immaterial. The only thing radicalizing 8chan users are other 8chan users, end quote. It was an oddly big day in the world of smartwatches. Just six months after the first Galaxy Watch Active, Samsung has announced the new Galaxy Watch Active 2 with a new bezel control, 40mm and 44mm sizes, and optional LTE. It will be arriving September 27th, starting at $279. The Active 2 does not quite have ECG capability, but that is apparently coming soon. As with the previous model, Samsung sticks with rounded sides for a circular watch face. But unlike the previous model, which did away with its trademark rotating bezel, quoting The Verge, Unlike the Galaxy Watch and earlier models, the Active 2 doesn't have a physically rotating dial. Instead, the black border that surrounds the screen is a touch-sensitive strip that lets you scroll through the lenses and menus on the watch when you run your finger over it. In practice, this worked surprisingly well, though I suspect it will be unusable if you have gloves on. The watch emits a click-like haptic buzz as you move your finger over the bezel, simulating the clicks of the physical wheel." End quote. The Active 2 has NFC for mobile payments, has GPS for working out without a phone, and Samsung says it has improved the heart rate monitor and accelerometer, which will work with Samsung's Bixby personal assistant for things like keeping your pace and stuff like that. The ECG capabilities are built in right now, but they won't be activated at launch. And almost at the same, what I imagine was embargo lifting time, Fossil announced Gen 5, its latest smartwatch, running Wear OS, with an updated Snapdragon chipset, a 44mm case, and a built-in speaker. It's available now for $295, quoting 9to5Google. Fossil upgraded its Gen 5 watches with a speaker for Google Assistant responses and taking phone calls on your wrist. Even music playback is possible. Despite the speaker, both watches still offer 3 ATM water resistance, meaning it's swim-proof. Rounding out the spec sheet, Fossil has GPS, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, and NFC. The company also mentions an updated heart rate sensor and rapid charging. Apparently, 
Fossil Gen 5 watches can get an 80% charge in under an hour. That's done with the same magnetic charger as the Gen 4, though. Quite a lot of users had trouble in terms of durability with that design, but Fossil tells me that for Gen 5, nothing has changed. Rather, that issue was apparently remedied on Gen 4 hardware, end quote. Chinese state media is reporting that we might actually see that custom OS that Huawei has reportedly been working on sooner rather than later. According to Reuters, the company is testing a $288 smartphone running its self-developed Hongmeng OS, which could go on sale later this year. This would, of course, be a big deal for Huawei, as U.S. government actions are threatening its access to Google's Android operating system. Quoting Reuters, Huawei executives have previously described Hongmeng as an operating system designed for Internet of Things products. Last month, the company said the first major devices powered by Hongmeng would be its upcoming line of Honor brand smart TVs. Company leaders have publicly downplayed the possibility that the software could power a smartphone. Just last week, at an event announcing the company's earnings for the first half of 2019, Huawei chairman Liang Hua said the company preferred to use Google's Android operating system for its mobile devices and referred to Hongmeng as part of Huawei's, quote, long-term strategy, end quote. Miro is a visual collaboration platform that gives your team more clarity through comprehensive functionalities that work together with your existing tool sets to make any sprint ritual, whether it be a stand-up estimation, sprint planning, or retrospective, more efficient, clear, and ultimately more productive. When I did the AI resume project, I wanted it done fast and dirty. I used a remote team, and so I used Miro to keep everything on track. Miro helps ensure your team has the context they need before devoting time and resources to get the work done. With Miro, planning team tasks is smoother and gives everyone a clear sense of mission for every sprint. Plan sprints with ease using Miro's planner widget. Connect your team's Jira or Azure instance to your Miro board to visualize and filter tasks by sprint week, status, epic, and team. Normally, mapping dependencies just links one ticket to another, but Miro has visual representations on which tasks are dependent on others. Filter by a critical level, team, and more. Streamline your estimation ritual and quickly check if your team is over or under capacity to help them be more realistic and grounded on the team's capabilities, size, etc. Whether you work in product design, engineering, UX, agile, or marketing, bring your team together on Miro. Your first three Miro boards are free when you sign up today at Miro.com. That's three free boards at Miro.com. If you're a marketer, you probably got into marketing because you like being creative. If you're a developer, it's because you like building cool stuff. But too often, marketers and developers are stuck with old school content management systems that make it harder to do that. Storyblock, a content management system, is here to help. Teams from Netflix, Tesla, and Oatly are among the 200,000 Storyblock users who switched from old-school systems like Sitecore, Drupal, and AEM to Storyblock. Why? Storyblock makes it easier for marketers and developers to build websites, apps, and other digital experiences and simply get shit done. For example, Storyblock has a new feature called the Ideation Room. The Ideation Room is a central space within Storyblock where you can collaborate with your teammates to come up with new ideas and refine them with the help of AI. If you want to ship your work in less time and stop wrestling with your CMS, try Storyblock for free today at get.storyblock.com slash ride home. That's get 
dot S-T-O-R-Y-B-L-O-K dot com slash ride home. Sports fans, have you subscribed to The Athletic? I've got to admit that The Athletic has flown under my radar because I mostly follow English soccer and U.S. college football when the Gators have a decent team, but that hasn't been the case for a couple years. The Athletic, which if you're like me and didn't know, is a completely ad-free sports news site which has racked up half a million paying subscribers in the U.S. and Canada, and it is now firmly on my radar because it has launched a British site just this morning. The athletic strategy in Britain has been to hoover up basically all of the journalistic talent in that country, or it certainly seems like it. Sure enough, I pop on Twitter this morning to read the latest transfer deadline rumors only to meet paywalled articles on The Athletic from some of my go-to tweeps, like David Ornstein, formerly of the BBC, and Daniel Taylor, formerly of The Guardian. Indeed, The Athletic has spent £10 million in the last couple months hiring journals like these in an attempt to attract readers like me in hopes of gaining 100,000 subscribers in the UK. The Athletic is three years old and has raised $90 million from investors. Here in the U.S., a subscription is $60 a year if billed annually and $9.99 a month if billed monthly. And look, this is a weirdly refreshing take on the whole idea of death of media slash media startups. A startup who is banking on the star power of the journalists themselves to attract readers. Quote, it's a pretty contrarian idea that people would pay for sports content when there is so much out there, Adam Hansman, the Athletics co-founder and chief operating officer, told the Financial Times, quote, but fans really took to the model of an ad-free reading experience, end quote. The world thought that sports fans were overserved, but they were actually underserved. So says Daniel Gulati, managing director of Comcast Ventures, which has invested in the site adding that around 80% of the Athletics' U.S. readers stayed with the site when their annual subscription came up for renewal. Quote, We see ourselves soon in a class with companies like the FT and Wall Street Journal that have proven subscription models, founder Hansman says. Staying on the digital media tip, there's a new unicorn that has so far flown under my radar, Smart News is an AI-powered news aggregation app that just raised a $28 million Series E led by Japan Post Capital, valuing the Japanese company at $1.1 billion. Quoting TechCrunch, the company, founded in Tokyo in 2012, boasts 20 million monthly active users in the U.S. and Japan, growing at a rate of 500% per year its audience checks into the app for a mix of political, sports, global, and entertainment news curated for each individual reader. To make money, the company sells inline advertising, video ads, and deals with publishers to sell ads against SmartViews, its equivalent of Google's AMP or Facebook Instant articles. SmartNews has nearly 400 U.S. publishing partners, including the Associated Press and Bloomberg. It competes with the likes of Apple, which unveiled Apple News Plus earlier this year, a subscription news product that offers access to more than 300 magazines and newspapers for $9.99 per month, end quote. And let's real quick make room for another unicorn sighting. Scale AI, which counts Waymo and Uber among its customers, specializes in helping computers to see. The three-year-old company has a set of software tools 
that it uses to try to identify objects in pictures, as well as then 30,000 contract workers who step in to check the AI's work and refine the results. This work can be especially useful to self-driving car companies, as well as anyone that needs to identify objects in real time in the real world, even things like Amazon's Amazon Go cashierless convenience stores. Today, Scale AI announced funding that valued its business at more than a billion dollars, so it's a newly minted unicorn. One interesting wrinkle, the unicorn wrangler in this case, its founder and CEO, is just 22, quoting Bloomberg. Even by Silicon Valley standards, Alexander Wang is something of a phenomenon. He grew up in New Mexico, the son of two physicists. During his teenage years, Wang excelled at coding competitions and got job offers from tech companies as a high schooler. This put him on a path to graduate early, work in Silicon Valley, and then start scale by the time he was 19. Now, at the ripe old age of 22, Wang has a fresh $100 million from investors, including Mike Volpe, a general partner at Index Ventures. Quote, When we signed the term sheet and went out to dinner, I ordered a nice bottle of wine to celebrate, says Volpe, and then had to ask him if I'm breaking the law, end quote. Wang was indeed of legal drinking age by then, end quote. Finally today, people like to throw around the very true statistic that battery-powered cars still make up fewer than 2% of the overall North American vehicle fleet. But what that doesn't take into account is the fact that EVs are still relatively new. And so once they start trickling down the overall vehicle ecosystem, things should change. And that seems to already be happening in the used car market. Wired has a piece up that says new data is showing that, for example, on the used car shopping site Shift, electrics have tripled their share of sales this year up to 4%. And the CEO of Shift says that when you include hybrid cars into that number, 20% of sales on their platform are either hybrid or electric. This change is important because while Americans bought 17.3 million new cars last year, they bought 40.2 million used ones. And actually, used electric vehicles do have some attractive advantages, quoting from Wired. While EVs are far from mainstream, we're starting to see them expand past the bleeding edgers, says Carl Brower, an industry analyst with Kelly Blue Book, partly because used EVs are so inexpensive, end quote. Indeed, it's easy to find a Nissan Leaf or Fiat 500e on shift for well under $10,000. And while those cars offer ranges around or below 100 miles, the 2019 Leaf reaches over 200, that limitation stops their previous owners from racking up serious mileage. That, plus EV's minimal maintenance requirements compared with engine-powered cars, should ease worries about spending extra money to keep them running. Quote, should ease worries about spending extra money to keep them running. Federal and state tax credits also help on the pricing front. A California driver can take $14,500 off the sticker price of a new electric car, a point that used car dealers account for. A Nissan Leaf's MSRP might be $30,000, but a dealer will buy and sell it as if it were a $15,000 car. That, like the average ride, loses about 50% of its value after a few years. Newer and longer-range EVs like the Tesla Model S and Chevy Bolt EV hold their value better, Brower says, end quote. And with the slew 
of new battery-powered cars coming from Ford, GM, Volkswagen, and the like. As these cars make their way through the ownership life cycle, it's not hard to imagine a scenario where EVs suddenly become among the most sought-after used cars. As Brower says in the piece, quote, if you're the slightest bit curious, he's talking about EVs here, it's not going to cost you much to give it a try, end quote. And as another analyst says in the piece, quote, ultimately, consumers are going to be more concerned about saving money than saving the environment, end quote. That is all for today. As always, I'm Brian McCullough. Follow me on Twitter at BrianMCC. The show's subreddit is r slash ride home. The ad-free subscription feed is the bottom link in the show notes. And if you want to try out a podcast classified ad for yourself, hit up ridehome.info slash classifieds. Talk to you tomorrow.